0: Well, we have Garrett Sutton on the call here today. Garrett, I really, I, I actually can't believe you're on my show. This is just going to be great, um, and I really, really appreciate your time. If you haven't heard of Garrett, he has run, written a slew of books, especially under the "Rich Dad Poor Dad" moniker. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to send people to your website, uh, Mr. Sutton. Um, head over to corporate direct.com and, and Garrett and his team are going to give everybody a, a free 15 minute consultation. If you go check that out, because this is, you're going to be your episode and we're going to be talking about his new book that's coming out or it has come out. I say coming out because I noticed that I can pre-order the audiobook, Garrett. Um, so head over to corporate direct.com again, but it, the book's going to be called veil, not fail. Protecting your personal assets from business attacks. And uh, really appreciate your time.
1: Well, thanks to be uh, with you, Jack, and your, your uh, listeners. Uh, it is great to get out there and, and speak to people. Um, this new book, I really enjoyed writing it because a lot of people don't realize that when they set up a corporation or an LLC, There are these ongoing rules that you have to follow to stay protected. So you've set up the LLC, maybe online, and you never knew that you have these rules that you have to follow. If you don't follow them, a court can pierce the veil. They can go through the corporation and get your personal assets. And Jack, this is successful 50% of the time. So a lot of people aren't following these simple rules.
0: Well, could we, could we just dive right in? You know, let, let's, let's start at the beginning. I think a lot of people are looking at whether they should do an LLC versus a corporation versus an S-corp. I mean, there's so many variety of uh, partnerships. What, what should somebody consider? And, and I'm sure I'm going to get a it depends answer, but uh, I'd like to have your input on that.
1: Well, yeah, the, the standard lawyer answer is it depends. But in most cases, Jack, people are are setting up LLCs. Uh, they offer good asset protection. They offer taxation flexibility. You can be taxed as a C-Corp or an S-Corp or a partnership or a disregarded entity, meaning you don't have to file a federal tax return. It goes on to your personal return. So, the LLC is is probably about 98% of the filings now, Jack. There's some states that require, if you're a licensed individual, a doctor, a lawyer, a realtor, you have to operate through a corporation, and that includes California. Uh, some people, for estate planning purposes, like limited partnerships, because you have a little bit more control over the kids. Uh, but. In a vast majority, 98% of the time, Jack, people are setting up LLCs.
0: Sure. And, and uh, with that, you know, you mentioned the phrase, and I've heard it quite often, the piercing the corporate veil. Can you kind of give us an idea of what that means and what are some of those common pitfalls that, that cause that from occurring?
1: Great. Well, piercing the veil refers to uh, a corporation or an LLC has been sued and they don't have any money. And the person suing them would like to get, would like to collect on that judgment against the corporation or LLC. Uh, But, you know, there's this veil of protection that you raise when you form the LLC or corporation and an ongoing protection is when we'll, you know, you have to follow these simple rules we'll talk about in a minute. So let's say you have a judgment, Jack, against XYZ Corporation and they don't have any money, but you know that the owner, of XYZ has money. And so piercing the veil involves going through the corporation, which has so much, no money, piercing through the veil of protection because they didn't follow the rules and collecting from the owner of XYZ company. So it's a really useful strategy if you have a, a judgment against a corporation, they're claiming they don't have money, you go after the individual that owned the corporation. Now, it's a defensive strategy, too, because when you own the corporation, you don't want someone piercing the veil. You don't want them getting through to your personal asset. So you want to have that veil strong. When you set up the corporation, you want to make sure it offers all the protection that it can so that you aren't personally responsible for a business claim.
0: Sure. So, you know, uh, what What are some of those strategies? Like, I, I you know, I, I understand what you're saying. But there, when you say that there's a 50-50 chance, essentially, of whether somebody's going to pierce through these veils, there's probably some really low-hanging fruits, like some obvious things that we should just not do to make sure that we, we maintain that veil.
1: Well, the obvious one is you've got to have uh, corporate minutes. You, you've got to have a meeting once a year. And all the corporate statutes require that you have one meeting a year. It's not hard to do. Now with LLCs, there are a lot of promoters out there, Jack, that are saying, "Well, you don't need to have a meeting with an LLC. It's a very flexible entity. But I disagree. I think that when you're in front of a courtroom, when you're in front of a judge and jury, and you, you say, "Well, I didn't have to have any meetings." You know, the average person goes, "Well, how do you run a business or invest in real estate for 10 years without ever having a meeting? You know, You just need to have those annual meetings to show the court the jury, that you have been following the, the formalities. Another one is you've got to have a separate bank account for each LLC incorporation. You can't run your business, your LLC business, through your personal bank account. You have to have two separate bank accounts and, and your CPA needs to be on you about this. They, they know that it's required that you operate your business through a business bank account. Tax returns, you need to have a separate tax return for the entity. You can't just uh, put everything on your personal return unless you're a disregarded entity, which is another issue. But typically when you have a corporation or an LLC with two people involved, you need to have that separate tax return for the corporation or LLC. One more thing I'll mention, Jack, is you need to provide corporate notice to the world. When you enter into a contract, it shouldn't just say XYZ marketing. It should say XYZ marketing, Inc. or LLC. So the person mm-hmm. you're doing business with knows that they're doing business with a corporation or an LLC. If you just do XYZ marketing and sign it, they have a rational belief that they were dealing with you as the individual, Jack, not through your corporation. So you want to provide that corporate notice on contracts on your checks, uh, you know, on your business card. You just want the world to know that they're dealing with a corporation. And and if you follow the formalities, they can't reach your personal assets. That's the key in all this. You know, we're getting into business. We're investing in real estate. We don't want our personal assets exposed to any business claims.
0: So, so, you know, uh, one of the common questions that I continue to get, and I, I think this is a pretty common question throughout the real estate is, and, and I, I know I'm going to get a little flack if I don't ask it here right now, is the concept of, do you, when it comes to LLCs or, or any kind of corporations, when you're doing real estate investing, should you do an LLC for each property or should you do an LLC, blanket LLC for all of them? How, how, how would you, structure that?
1: Well, you know, I get that question all the time myself, Jack. It's a judgment call. All right. So let's look at the situation where you have one LLC with 10 properties and a tenant sues over one property. They have a claim against the LLC because that's who they rented from. They can get what's inside that LLC. Now, of course, you're going to have insurance, but let's say it's a really bad claim. Mm -hmm. They could get the equity in all 10 properties because that's what the LLC owns. So let's say I have clients that only put one property in one LLC. That's the safest way to go. Uh, the tenant sues, they have an inside attack against the LLC. They can get what's inside there, which is just the equity in one property, not 10 properties. So that's the that's the issue. And I, I leave it up to my clients. It's a judgment call. Do you feel comfortable? with 10 properties in one LLC. I mean, I would counsel against that. Do you feel comfortable with two or three properties in one L- in one LLC? Well, you know, that's a judgment call on your part.
0: Sure. So I bring this up to the fact, the concept is that you're talking about the corporate veil. So if you had a LLC per property, you have to adhere to all of the rules, right? For each property. So you have different separate bank accounts. You have to have separate minutes for each LLC and so on. Does that also add some additional, uh, like a veil on top of a veil? Like you have the, the LLC for the property, and then you might even have a parent LLC before it even, before it gets to you. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And we do, we structure it that way, Jack, as well. We have a Wyoming LLC. We like Wyoming over Nevada and Delaware, despite the map behind. Uh, we, We like Wyoming and you have a Wyoming LLC that owns all the other LLCs that your properties are in. So let's say you have a property in Utah. We have a Utah LLC on title to that property. You have a property in North Dakota. You have a North Dakota LLC title to that property though. And you have to do the formalities for those, but those two LLCs are owned by one Wyoming LLC, which offers excellent asset protection. Uh, if you get sued from the outside. Now to your point, Jack, you, you have to do the minutes for all three, but it's not hard. I mean, we give you a book that shows you how to do it. If you don't want to do it, we can, we provide a service where we'll do the minutes Uh, and then you pay the annual fees to the state. Uh, You have a registered agent. It's really not that hard. And you just have to look at it as another form of insurance, right? We have insurance in case something bad happens on the property. The LLC is the second line of defense. uh, And we want to keep that LLC strong so that it can provide that defense against someone reaching all of our personal assets,
0: Sure. So you also mentioned something that that I, I think we should probably take a second is is you mentioned an LLC in the in the state that you own the property in. Is that the case that you'd recommend, you know, like in in uh, North Dakota, Minnesota um, yeah, I have let's properties say in both
1: states? You have a duplex in Fargo. We have a North Dakota LLC on title at the county for that uh, Fargo property. And if you get sued by a tenant, uh, the rule is the same in all 50 states. The tenant has a claim against the North Dakota LLC, and they can get what's inside there. Uh, You're part of the North Dakota tax system. Uh, The court there has jurisdiction over the tenant's claim. So North Dakota uh, being on title, the North Dakota LLC on title for the North Dakota property makes sense. The the reason we have the Wyoming holding company as the parent is for the outside attack where you get in a car wreck. It has nothing to do with the Fargo duplex. They'd like to get at the Fargo duplex, but the parent is a Wyoming LLC and they have to fight through the Wyoming LLC to even get at North Dakota. And Wyoming has excellent asset protection through what's called the charging order. Uh, which is a lien on distributions. and I talk about the charging order in all my books. Uh, this one here, loopholes of real estate. We go into the the charging order and the asset protection available uh, in great detail. So we like to structure uh, the, the the real estate holdings with an LLC in the state where the property is located owned by a parent LLC, which is a Wyoming LLC offering excellent asset protection.
0: Sure. So, you know, with all of these strategies that you're you're laying out, and, and I mean, there's a lot of value you brought to the show in just the first few 15 minutes here. Is there a point of no return? Like, let's say somebody's already kind of on their set of doing their real estate investing, they got their initial LLC, you know, um, can you reorganize some of this and, and implement some of these strategies after the fact?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, if you haven't done the minutes uh, every year, we can help clean it up. Uh, if you have a that North Dakota LLC, but you don't have the Wyoming protection, uh, we can easily set up a Wyoming LLC and have it be owned by the North Dakota LLC. It, it, there's no taxable event. You haven't sold the property. Uh, you're just transferring how the ownership is held really from you to your new Wyoming LLC. So yeah, Jack, we, we help people clean up and uh, advance their structures all the time.
0: And when you say clean up, how far back into the history of the company does it need to get typically cleaned up, like th- from the beginning?
1: Well, some of our clients will do it from the beginning. Some, you know, if it's been 10 years, some will, some will do the last five. I, I prefer to clean it up all the way, but it's really the client's decision.
0: Sure. So just a reminder, everybody head over to corporate direct.com and, and schedule your free 15 minute consultation with Garrett and his team. Um, so uh, I, I hate to do this, but I, I feel like we, we have to go down the road of scaring people a little bit. You have to have some horror stories associated with piercing the veil and, and how this all works.
1: Well, in the book, we talk about a number of cases where uh, the veil was pierced. And uh, you, you have a case where uh, these individuals um, just formed online and never knew that they were supposed to follow these rules. Uh, and they get into court and, you know, they say, "Mia culpa, your honor, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was supposed to follow these rules. And uh, there's one great court case where where the judge says, "Look, it's not that hard to follow these rules. And when you set up a corporation, uh, you're expected to know how to operate it. And unfortunately, they don't teach this in school, but there are plenty of books out there. There are plenty of courses you can take. And the court had no mercy because you know, you're held to understand uh, how to operate a corporation or an LLC. So, In the book, Veil Not Fail, we have all sorts of horror stories in here of people who just innocently made a mistake, but found out that they were on the wrong end of the law.
0: Mm -hmm. So, well, let's talk about the on the other side. Uh, Tell us about a a huge win you had regarding getting the proper protection in place. Uh, You know, I'm sure there had to have been some a story where you did a cleanup and it was just at the right time.
1: Yes, when when you are when the seas are calm, uh, when you haven't been sued, uh, we can do a lot of cleanup, a lot of protection. Um, Now, once once you've been sued uh, by a tenant or someone, you you're you're kind of frozen. You can clean up the the uh, the minutes, uh, but you can't move assets around. Um, You know, you can't put the seatbelt on after the car wreck. If, If you've been sued. Uh, the court has a term. It's called a fraudulent conveyance. And anytime a term has the word fraud in it, you got to be careful. So the fraudulent conveyance means that you were sued, you transferred property uh, into an LLC to hinder a creditor uh, from reaching that asset. And the courts have the ability, the power, to demand that the property be transferred out of the LLC so the person suing can reach the equity uh, in the property. So I guess the lesson here, Jack, is you once you set up that or once you buy that first property, uh, you've got to put it in an LLC right away. You don't know when you're going to get sued. And what happens is people will say, you know, I, I just don't have a couple hundred dollars to to get this LLC set up and I'll wait until I have more money. And then they forget. Right. And they don't set up the entity and then they get sued. Uh, there was a lady in San Francisco. I met her at a seminar and, uh, she said, you know, I bought a duplex here in San Francisco and I'd like to protect it. And I get, I had to say, well, you know, the state of California, uh, has an annual franchise fee of $800 per year. And that throws a lot of people back $800 a year. Um, you know, Wyoming is $62 a year, but mm-hmm. the lady in San Francisco said, oh no, I can't afford that. Um. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take care of it. And so I'm giving a talk at the next uh, event in San Francisco and she comes up and says, you know, my tenant sued me. I'd like to set up that LLC. Now it's too late at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to do this right at the start.
0: Yeah. And it's important for everybody to make sure you run under that's part of that underwriting. You know, when we do our real estate investing, we talk about taking into account property management and taking into account your property taxes and, and everything else but this is a vital piece that you just need to account for when you're when you're running your numbers on that property. So, you know, one of, one of the things that I think is really amazing Garrett is that you've obviously are if you've ever read the book The Go-Giver. I mean, you're obviously a Go-Giver. I mean, there's the amount of books and content that you put out is is almost overwhelming like why why do you write so many books and give out so much so much information like this
1: well you know first of all i like writing um you know i get up at 4 30 in the morning cup of coffee and it's it's really enjoyable for me to and i tell stories in these books so it's enjoyable for me to do the writing and then being associated with robert kiyosaki and not only traveling around the United States, but the world, you know, encouraging people to gain a financial education uh, is really rewarding. Um, so, you know that that's part of the reason for it all. Um, you know, it's just been it's just been really satisfying to to do this.
0: Right. Well, you know, one of the things that I'm curious in your opinion is that we're kind of in a environment that's volatile, to say the least. You know, with the economy and everything. What do you see right now regarding on the legal front when it comes to real estate that we should get ready for or, or help brace ourselves on the on the legal side of things?
1: Well, a couple of things, Jack. One one thing is during times of uh, distress, the litigation rate goes up. You know, people do sue more often uh, in a downturn. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that that tide goes out and all sorts of stuff is exposed, and and there's a a lot of litigation. Um, secondly, one thing your, your uh, listeners need to know is that when you set up that LLC and transfer property into it via a grant deed or a warranty deed, you're not going to use a quick claim because that severs the title insurance. But once you transfer the property into the LLC, you need to make sure that the insurance coverage is there. And you'll ask your insurance company, uh, can you put the premium in the name of the LLC? And what happens, Jack, all the time is they say, well, that's a a higher premium because it's in a business entity, uh, which is nonsense. The risk of a fire is the same if it's in your name or your LLC name. Uh, But to skin the cat, what you do is you say, okay, leave the premium in my personal name, but list my LLC as an additional insured. And that way you have the coverage. Uh, there have been cases where insurance companies have said, well, you know, titles in the LLC, we insured you personally. We don't have to cover that claim. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you take care of that uh, little issue. Um, and, and just, you know, what's coming, it, you need to protect everything you can. One strategy is if you have a brokerage account, a savings account uh, with a significant amount of money, 100000 or more. Uh, You can set up an LLC to hold title to your brokerage account, your stocks and bonds. If that account is in your individual name, someone can reach it very easily. And so we transfer title, uh, transfer ownership of stocks, bonds, crypto, gold and silver, whatever you want to a Nevada LLC. We like Nevada for this purpose uh, to hold title to those assets, because, again, if you. Hold them personally. Someone can reach them very easily.
0: Hmm. Okay. So, you know, you just struck a, a thought in my mind too. You know, when it comes to real estate investing, a lot of people are doing a lot of partnerships. So they might, might have LLCs. One person might be with LLCs with different people for different properties. How how does the protection look so that if something goes sour in one partnership, it doesn't impact another?
1: So you come together with three people and you form an LLC to hold title to a real estate property. Um, and you're going to hold that interest either in your individual name or perhaps a Wyoming LLC, which I would recommend. Um, and then you're going to set up the second LLC for a group of five guys that are different in the first one. You absolutely have to have a second LLC for that because there's differing owners uh, mm-hmm. in the two, but you could use the same Wyoming to hold your interest in the first one and the second. Um, so we don't want to set up more entities than you need. You know, there are a lot of promoters out there that see, say you need seven levels of, of entities. That, that's not accurate. So, we don't want to set up too many entities. So if within the two syndications in our example, you could have one Wyoming LLC hold your interest in both of them.
0: Okay. So um, so if, if it was a smaller investor and they're just like two partners and one property, two partners and the other, you're the only common denominator, it would be a similar situation?
1: Yeah. 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 I, I would have the um, Wyoming LLC be the owner in both cases. Now, If you get sued in the outside attack, the car wreck example, uh, they're going to have to fight through the Wyoming LLC to even get in the partnership LLC. And in that way, you really are protecting your partner, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of your partner having to deal with the issue of someone coming after your half interest in the duplex in Fargo, they have to fight through Wyoming first. And that that puts your partner a step away from that issue.
0: Sure. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, just a last reminder head over to corporatedirect.com for that free 15 minute consultation. And I hate to put you on the spot, Garrett, but a lot of people, you you were talking about some people balking at $800 in California. Do you mind sharing, like, what could somebody expect when engaging your group? Um,
1: Yeah, sure. We charge a flat fee of $695 for the formation, the articles, the minutes. You need to have the meeting minutes That first meeting. You also need to issue the certificates. A lot of people say, oh, you don't need the certificate. But if the IRS comes calling on an audit, they want to see those certificates have been issued. The share certificate for a corporation the membership certificate for an LLC. Uh, we do all that for you. And then the, the state filing fee is on top of that. Now, if you do three or more with us, it's five ninety five dollars each. And for example, the Wyoming filing fee at the start is $100 and then every year thereafter it's $62. Also, Jack in that 695, we include the first year's registered agent fee. Um, so a lot of people will, you know, say well it's 695, but then later charge you $200 or more for the registered agent fee. It's all included in that 695. So this is not expensive. You know, this is not some offshore trust that going to charge three thousand 1000 for, this is good, solid, onshore asset. No, that, that
0: actually sounds quite reasonable. And, and this is just an, a perfect example of you're dealing with a group of people in your team that specialize in this. So you're not going to find it a, a more cost-effective solution, I mean, to be frank.
1: Yeah. And we like helping people. You know, the Rich Dad mission is to assist people in their investing, And that that's our mission, too. We want to make this affordable. We want you to understand what we're doing uh, during the 15 minute consultation with the incorporating specialist. You know, we'll go through what we think you need. We'll send you a quote. Uh, We want you to feel comfortable with our services. Um, So that's why we offer the, the free 15 minute consultation with an incorporating specialist.
0: Yeah. No, I I appreciate you being so transparent on that. It's it's amazing sometimes how companies come on and and they'd rather not discuss <laughs> be that direct. So, um Garrett, I like I said, I really appreciate your time. I really value how m- the time you've given us here today. Um but before I re- let you go, is there a question or concept you think we sh- we missed or we should have covered here today?
1: Well, you know, the the new book Veil Not Fail uh talks about um, how to Protect Yourself Against Someone Going After Your Personal Assets. There's a little wrinkle uh, there that if if you sue someone and they're broke, but their corporation is rich, you can reverse pierce So you can go through the individual to get at the corporation's assets. So, you know, uh, the book is for people who want to protect themselves uh, following the corporate formalities. But the book is also for people who may be owed money by either an individual or a corporation, and they can take advantage of the strategies in this book as well.
0: So if they follow the strategies in your book, how close would they get to, you know, more times than not, I find that you you get a book like that, it's so f- full of information, but in the end, the amount of time and effort, it's it's just better and more accurate to, to come to you just directly. But...
1: Yeah, we I mean, we offer the book up so that you know what the the landscape is for piercing the corporate veil. If you want us to help, we're happy to do so. Uh, but the main thing is to realize and too many people have set up these online entities and don't realize that there are these ongoing formalities. And so we really want to help those people uh, who may have tried to save a little bit of money, a lot of do it yourselfers now. Um, who may not know these these strategies so it's important if you have an llc or corporation and you haven't heard of the corporate formalities uh, you really need to uh, access this book
0: well as a, as an entrepreneur i have to i have to ask this as well so when you when you engage your team in that initial 695 and you you go through the process um what is the process on your end to because as entrepreneurs we just it's just one of those things that it just goes, it just falls off the radar eventually. Like, what's the follow up on your end, just to make sure that everybody stays on track?
1: Well, we're going to be in touch with you every year because uh, you know the, the registered agent fee is free the first year, but then the second year it's one hundred and twenty five dollars. So, and and plus you need to pay the money to the state. So, we're going to remind you of that. If if your charter is revoked, <laughs> you don't have any asset protection. Uh, it's very easy to get through. Uh, You don't even have to pierce the veil. There's no veil left uh, if your charter is revoked. So we're going to remind you of that. We're going to remind you that you should be doing the minutes. And so we're we're on our clients to make sure this gets done. Now, if you ignore what we say and your charter gets revoked, well, there's there's a chance that you could be sued and held personally liable.
0: Sure. Well, Garrett, this, this was great. It was an absolute joy to talk to you. I hope you'll consider coming back sometime and uh, you're welcome back anytime. Open invitation. I don't offer that very often, but open invitation for you, Garrett.
1: Um, well, thank you, Jack. I appreciate it. And, it's, and uh, it's been a good interview. I've enjoyed it myself.
0: So thank you so much. Thank you. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing,